Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Billy Rickman Show podcast. Tonight's episode, we are talking about training and specifically that you may be doing training all wrong. Stay tuned. This is the Billy Rickman Show podcast. Being in business over the past few years has become increasingly demanding. As a business owner, it's getting harder to know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. The constant changes and updates in business can make you feel overwhelmed. So the question is, how do you stay ahead of the game, stay motivated, and create a business that doesn't just keep the doors open, but achieves serious profit? This podcast will answer that question. I'm Billy Rickman, and this is Success Sessions. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Billy Rickman Show podcast on a Monday evening. It's the end of a long weekend for us. Um, so most people in Queensland, anyway, we're feeling really refreshed. If you listened to the podcast yesterday, I, I'll let you guys know that uh, up here in Queensland, we've had um, a series of long weekends. I think, um, yeah, I think three in the last four weeks. So my team should be refreshed and revitalized. Um, so, but whatever you're doing right now, I hope you've had a great day and I hope your business is thriving. It is such an interesting time in business. I don't know. If you're feeling, because uh, I know um, most of the people listen to this podcast are from the hair and beauty industry, but I do know there's some outliers as well. And um, yeah, I just I, I don't know what it's like for your business right now, but it's such an interesting time, particularly in this industry um, for, for my business anyway, marketing and sales um, and coaching, but also the salons that we look after as well. Just a lot of um, a lot of uncertainty. It seems like most people are spending more money during the peak of COVID in Australia anyway than they are now. Now I think um, there's some combination a combination of reasons for that. Um, one is I think that they perhaps just thought this was going to be over and done with very quickly. And so it was just like, ah, oh, we'll just keep like carrying on as normal. And um, and now that it's been going on for this long, people are like, okay, well, there is still a lot of un- uncertainty around this. And then the second one is um, for, in Australia, we've just finished um, what's called JobKeeper. And JobKeeper was like kind of a, um, a government incentive to keep people employed during um, during COVID restrictions. And now that's come to an end. Um, I don't know. I'm just guessing here based on conversations and what I'm reading and whatnot. But um, a lot of people now are holding onto their money a lot a lot tighter. And also a lot of people, as I've mentioned in a few podcasts, are not leaving their job and they're after job security. So they're not pushing the boundaries too much as to like, you know, threaten their position or anything like that. Um, and so, yeah, there's, it's just a completely different market right now. I find it interesting on one hand but um <laughs> kind of annoying as a business owner because as business owners we want to stable economy and and you know um be able to rely on uh or predictability of uh, predictability of the future but anyway all that being said um one of the things you can rely on is usually um a return on investment when you look into business growth and development and one of the things i did on monday again if you've been following along you'll know i was in hobart last week doing a um sales training with a salon well they actually own two salons um and both the people was there uh, both the salons were there sorry and um since then i wanted to kind of share with you the results that they've been getting and so um, I set them a target, set them a team target. When I when I left, I got them all to announce how many salons, how many retail products they were going to sell before this Tuesday. So they still got tomorrow to go. And um, and after three days, they'd sold 114 products. 114 products in three days. Oh, sorry, 113. 113 products in three days. And um, 
he messaged me today, the business owner messaged me, and that's actually just from one salon. I actually don't have the up-to-date data from the other one, but that was just from one of his salons, 113 products in three days with six staff. They have eight staff in that salon, but um, two of them hadn't done any shifts yet. So it's 113 products, three days, and um, in one of the salons, and six staff. And um, he said to me today, he said, for, for May, they've already set a target for 500 retail products in May, but just between, I don't know if any of you staff are listening, um, but internally, they really, it's, it's set much higher than that. They've set it for around about 1,000 products. And um, I just, I, when, when I've been talking to him over the last couple of days and um, about the, what's happened since the training, um, it really reminds me, it comes to this realization about the importance of sales training. And I do talk about sales a fair bit on this podcast, but what's interesting is how many times I go on Facebook and Instagram and I see in different groups and different posts and things like that about how much education salon owners invest in, in terms of products and sales. Uh, sorry, in terms of products and services and treatments and how to do different things. And... Um, I often find the balance way out of whack. Like I said, you could you could ask a normal salon owner, either hair or beauty uh, or skin, and say, how much money have you invested in training this year? And let's just say, for example, they've spent $20,000. And um, you say, okay, well, give me a breakdown. Where's that $20,000 being spent? And I guarantee you that at least 18,500 of that has been spent on product training or retail training. And... Um, it just blows my mind how little investment is made in in team members in terms of like performance training. And performance, I, I would count sales training in that, but also like um, motivation, I, like I would count um, personal development, I would count like um, uh, like things that seem, seem silly, like but um, articulation and, and maths and things like that, right, which could all be kind of part of professional development overall, like business professional development, which those things seem kind of weird. Like if you're looking at it as a beauty therapist or a hairdresser and that, you think, why? The reason why is because of the insane results I just got with the sales training, right? Like a, a, being able to cut hair better is important. Don't get me wrong. If you're a hairdresser, you're an apprentice, what have you, being able to cut hair better is, is important. And I'm not taking away from that. Being able to understand skin is important. Being able to do facials, important. Being able to do laser, important. All the safety around that, important. But how much extra money does it actually generate your business? And for this podcast, um, you know, if you if you if you listen to all of my podcast episodes, this podcast, even though I talk about the hair and beauty industry a lot, it's not really about the traditional side of hair and beauty. I don't talk a lot, a lot about like this treatments and service and things like that. I talk about business. I talk about profitability because without profitability, without money, without sales without revenue, whatever you want to call that, you don't have a business. I, I know so many businesses who have gone under and they are one of the best at their craft. They are amazing at what they do, but their businesses go under because they can't generate enough revenue. They can't generate enough revenue because they don't know how to market and they don't know how to sell. And yet so little emphasis is placed on this skill. And what it comes back, what it really fundamentally comes down to, it's comfort zone. I talk again, I talk a lot about comfort zone, about sitting in comfort zone. Like organizing training for how to do better coloring, organizing training with how to do skin needling is easy. It's comfortable. You just have to speak to somebody in your industry. You have to, um, you know, the, the services you have to prep for and things like that and before the training, you're comfortable with. The content that's going to be taught, you're comfortable with if you're a part of it. Um, you know, the after training, the, the, the work you have to do after the training is completed is easy to introduce and implement because you're used to it. And so what we do as business owners in the hair and beauty industry, we just fall back to this as our default and we spend 85% or more of our training income on doing better services. 
And ultimately, that does not keep your business open unless you're exceptional, exceptional. I know businesses also who have like built a business on word of mouth, but they are exceptional. We're talking about the top one to two percent of the entire industry, right? If you're not in that one to two percent yet, if you don't have a name for yourself that spreads suburbs wide, that people will drive an hour just to come and see you because you're incredible, then you have to rely on marketing and sales. And we'll talk, we'll leave the marketing for another day, but I'm talking about sales training, like there is, I said to people all the time when I do sales training, I could get the world's best salesperson, which in my in my mind is, to this day is probably Grant Cardone. And I could give him a 30 minute crash course on your retail products. And he would have sold the whole thing in, in, in the first day. So why then can't your beauty therapist sell all of it in a month? The answer is because your beauty therapists are focusing on the wrong thing. They're focusing on the things that they think are important, like the products, the ingredients and whatnot in the products. They're not focusing on how to actually sell that to somebody. How to sell that to somebody is by buying, um, being able to understand their emotional needs. What is the problem you're trying to solve? What emotional problem are you trying to solve? And when you understand that, you could sell anything to anybody. So you could get Grant Cardone, the world's best salesperson, to come in and give a crash course so he understands a brief understanding of what your products are. And he could sell all of it because he understands humans, not the products. He understands humans. He understands the psychology of sales. He understands the connection, the rapport, the, the, the rapport building, the trust, right? The connection, all of those different things. He understands that fundamentally, so therefore he's able to sell. And just people, especially in this industry, business owners, especially in this industry, they just do not understand what they're losing out on because they're not investing in the right things. Now, again, I didn't say to stop doing training in the other areas altogether, but I think it should be a split like 50-50. I think 50% of your training should go to professional services, and I think 50% of your training should go to business and professional and personal development. For your staff, you're separately, let's talk about you another day, right? We're talking about your staff, your team, right? And when you invest in sales training, like for example, Tony, who I did the sales training for, it cost him X amount of money to get me for, to come down there and spend the day with him and his team, right? He will make that back two or three times in the first month. Now, if you project that over the course of the year, he would have he would have got a return on that investment like, you know, a hundred times over. Now you project over five years and it continues and continues and continues because the success builds build success, which compounds to build more success, etc. Because he invested in that, and I'm not turning around to Tony and say, stop doing training and the other things now, you don't need to do it. I'm just saying that business owners need to understand the important the important sorry of doing training outside their comfortability, outside their comfort zone. Sales training is one of them. It shouldn't be a it shouldn't be an addition, it shouldn't be a luxury, it shouldn't be like, oh, we'll do that if we have time. Sales training should be like one of the things you do with your team twice a year. And I would recommend you don't do it by somebody in the industry, like not in the industry, sorry, um, by your skincare company or your hair care company. Why? Because they're not professional the salespeople. And I'm not to criticize those people. I think they're absolutely wonderful at what they do. They know hair or skin better than anybody else. They know their products inside out. The problem is they focus their training on the products and that's the wrong thing to do. If I wanted advice about skincare and I wanted advice about a particular brand, then I would go to that product rep and say, teach me everything you need to know, uh, everything I need to know about your brand. And they would know more than me around that. So you should have the same approach with sales, right? You should find someone who is a professional in sales because that's what their job is. That's what they're good at. That's what they know about. And so they will be able to give you that information better than someone who is a generalist in the area of business development. 
right? Because that product rep is going to give you information about the products and give you information about sales and give you information about business development, but they're really not an expert in any of it. Actually, I'm wrong. They're an expert in their product, but they're not an expert in business development and they're not an expert in sales. Probably more, more times than not, the product rep got that job because they were probably in the industry for a long time. They probably, probably excelled at what they did. They probably wanted a change. And so they started to become a business development manager in that product area, right? They didn't go and do sales for 20 years. They didn't go and like, you know, um, learn about business at college or TAFE or university or whatever the case may be. Usually, I'm not saying everyone, and I know this, some people are going to listen to this and get all upset and offended. I'm not talking about like everybody. I'm talking generally speaking, the people that I know who do it. And like I said, if if I wanted to know about their products, I would go to them because they are the absolute subject subject matter experts. But in terms of like when you're finding people to do business training, or you're finding people to do sales training, I would encourage you to step outside of your what you feel comfortable and find professionals who will give you like professional information because that's their expertise. That's the thing, the thing, not that they're great at everything else, that that's their thing. And when you do that, um, you watch your business will grow to exceptional levels. And, um, and so, yeah, that was the podcast today. I just really wanted to get you thinking about it and where do you spend your training money? Do you have an even balance or do you just put it all into hair or do you just put it all into beauty and skin and retrain the things that they already know? Um, whereas if I were you, I'd be doing 50% that and 50%, I would be doing like business development, personal development, and especially with sales, which would probably fall under professional development anyway. Anyway, so that's the podcast today. If you've loved it, please like, share, comment when you see this episode on social media, and also, um, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast if you're not a subscriber already. I'll be back tomorrow for another episode. Until then, I'll see you later, guys. Bye-bye. Want to keep up to date with all my videos, posts, and free content? Head to Facebook and like my page at facebook.com forward slash Billy Rickman Official. You can also find me on Instagram by searching the real B underscore Rickman.